Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. I got my cough out of the way. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, listen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. We's got, we got with us today. Um, a, so if you haven't heard of Life Flip Media, first of all, shame on you. Uh, go hate yourself. T- second of all, uh, Eric Mitchell, you can find him multiple, multiple places uh, online. Uh, do yourself a favor, Google it. He informed me a little bit earlier of his, of his, uh, of his Twitter following. And uh, after me wanting to crawl out of the hole that I just came from, after hearing that, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that we actually have him on the podcast with us today. Uh, Eric, you are joining us from the, with the great country of California. Is that correct? No, I'm actually joining you from the great country of Oregon, which I don't know if is any better or worse. I feel like the whole West yeah. Coast is all one big because basically yeah. it is. It feels like it. We have the same laws and weeds legal all over from the top of the state, from Washington all the way down. You could just, everybody can get high. It's cool. I, it's funny. I was talking to somebody in uh, Pennsylvania a little bit earlier today, and I'm in Texas. And I go, oh, yeah, we, you know, uh, folks like you in the Midwest, he's like, hold on, time out. We're not in the Midwest. Or Pennsylvania, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm a knuckle dragon marine from the great country of Texas. So, anything north of Oklahoma and east of the Mississippi is the Midwest to us. We're just, you know, we're just ignorant." And uh, and he goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, that sounds funny." Huh? And he, you know, went on to an interesting sales call. But um, forgive the uh, the mishap. This is knucklehead. That's okay. I originally, I originally moved from California. I'll give you that. You were right. <laughs> a number of years in California before I moved. To where in Oregon are you? Are you in Portland or where? In, in what the great Shell Sonnen says, uh, the mean streets of West Lynn. Uh, no, I am not in the mean streets of West Lynn. I am in a small city. It's not so small. They'll probably laugh at me. Small city with a famous shoe company in it called Beaverton, Oregon, home yeah. of a company you might have heard of, Nike. Yeah. So literally, yeah, we do a lot of work with Nike. It's great to be in their backyard. And uh, literally, you can't go very far without seeing the swoosh everywhere. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, they have a cool, they have a cool uh, uh, slogan. I, I think that's one of the coolest things about their, their business. I love that they just say, hey, just get off of it and just go do it. Um, action cures fear. Uh, listen, why we started Knucklehead Podcast and love why, why I love uh, having folks like you on is because there's, there's folks that set the pace. There's folks that, that literally will keep you uh, at an even keel. And then there's folks that drag you down. And you've done an incredible job just kind of paying attention to some of the things that you've done. And uh, you've done a really good job of separating yourself from other folks in your business, but yet not feeling like there's this huge chasm that you have to cross in order to get to where you want to go. And so I'd love for you to educate folks about maybe some mistakes that you've made, some things that you've done to help uh, establish a, a foundation for success. Uh, maybe where you came from, you don't have to get into everything, but I mean, just, just help people know wh- where, where you came from and, and maybe some things that you learned uh, about not being beta and, and, and making it happen. Er, for sure. Uh, as you can tell, I said er in a sentence, so that would make me part of the wonderful bloodline of the United States Marine Corps. I was an 0311 from 94 to 98. Yep, I'm an old school or salty ass Marine as the Marines out there go. So I went in guaranteed infantry. So when I got out, I had no idea what to do besides being in law enforcement. I know, shocking. 311 goes into law enforcement. You Never happens. Before. Never, Never. Fire department or, you know, police officer. You want to go get in uniform again. You like shooting. Nah, yeah, we're good at that. Uh, and taking orders from people who are angry all the time. We're really good at that. Uh, got out, <laughs> did that, went to the Sacramento Sheriff's Academy, got my post certificate, 
spent some time working at the county jail. Yay. Uh, it's a whole eye up in world. Decided that really wasn't for me after a couple of years. You know, I guess you get burned out being in uniform. Decided to go get a different job. Took a temporary job for a company. Uh, I'll say it on here. You probably all know it. It's called WebEx. It used to be a startup. It was yeah. just about it. I was with it before. I was employee like 50 something. Uh, started with them. It was cool. It was right down the street. I grew up in Folsom, California. Uh, so it's a prison town. Johnny Cash sang about it. Started working there and started off dialing for dollars. Like literally had to make 150 phone calls a day and book 20 appointments for the sales team. I thought it was cool because they gave me lunch and dinner for free and they paid me stupid money to go to this job that I only had to go to Monday through Friday. And we got off at like 4.30. That was such a cool thing. And we went to like Dave and Buster's and stuff. And they put us on buses and like, they wanted me to sit in a session, but I had like a hundred dollars in free tokens. So I was like a kid in a candy store. I did that for seven years. We got acquired. Uh, I went and created my own company uh, with a buddy of mine from high school. We thought we were going to create a new fantasy football app. Instead, the technology got acquired. So we made some money on that. Uh, sold to a company that is now owned by Verizon. So we're kind of happy about it. Then ended up going to uh, another startup. Uh, got acquired by the great company Adobe. And then decided to go get into business with myself. And that's where the failure started is when I decided to go be a big boy and try to I come from startup world. I was employee number nine and I've been acquired for over a billion dollars. That means something. It doesn't mean actually diddly. Nobody cares. I got to stop. Nor gotta, does be, and nor I, does being a Marine. Just so you know, people are like, oh, did you kill anybody? That is, that's like the number one Marine Corps question. I think people automatically think we kill babies as we graduate boot camp. I'm pretty for sure. We talk about it all the time. We scream it at folks like as we're, as we're going through boot camp. Um, I got to stop you though. We also yell at airplanes too. So. We do. And we make funny noises. Um, most people know, have no idea what we're saying whenever we're completing sentences. Um, but I, I got to stop you. One, because I love, I love that you, you're able to parlay one thing after another and we're able to, um, to move. Was that on purpose? Did you purposely go from um, a tech startup where you worked your tail off for seven years and then uh, kind of graduate, so to speak, into a different one? Or did it just so happen to be close proximity to where you were? That was kind of what folks were doing there. Anybody who had their head screwed on straight and could work hard could able to, was able to make that happen. No, you know, going from the long one to start with, that was going from being, a, 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 they call them business development reps, now BDRs, right. uh, to, to sales which I love. I love sales. I love selling. I mean, come on now. I mean, boiler room, you know, ABC always be closing. Come on. I mean, this is just, I thrived on this stuff. Uh, and then got into marketing and it was an easy jump. I wanted to go do something on my own. So I called my buddy up. We were actually drinking at a bar. I know shocking Marines drinking. Uh, we were drinking and I said, Hey, we were, our apps were slow. Our phones were slow for fantasy football. It drives me nuts. And we were like, we should create it. We should create an algorithm. And I said, shit, I wish I was smart enough to do that. And my buddy, he's got a degree from UC Davis. He did not serve. He's just a genius. And he was like, I can do that. He's like, you sell it and market it. I'll do the backside. And we decided to do that. So boom, we did that. And it was just a spur of the moment, wrote it on a napkin, went and started talking to people. And we were literally flying to New York on our bootstrap going to the NFL headquarters because they were trying to launch an app and I'm selling it like a, like a salesperson like here this is what we're going to do have you ever been in a situation where you're sitting at a bar you see Tony Romo throw a touchdown pass I like pick Romo because you're in Texas uh you see Romo throw that to Dez and uh, 
<laughs> you see it, and there's no point change, right? He's on your team. You don't see it. It's not reflected. Maybe it's your defense. You don't know. And people love that story. And, you know, we thought we were going to build this to be this great empire. And we only owned it for a matter of years before somebody grabbed the technology. And we were making money off of it because people believed in it. We were calling stats to the official people who do it and working deals and bringing that up. And getting to and getting to EchoSign was pure stroke of just I was contacted as we were after we had gone through the whole acquisition phase. Excuse me. And then just got a phone call. Hey, do you want to come join our company from the CEO? And I walked in and I became employee number nine. And my boss was the first ever salesperson at LinkedIn. And I was there the day he became a multimillionaire because of his stock that he had from this company that he got like hundreds of thousands of shares and I was sitting across from him when they had their public IPO, which is still to this day one of the best IPOs ever, it was LinkedIn. And I'm sitting there like dumbfounded, right? Because I've just had this success and I was just bumped, I felt like I was bumping my head, but I just had this determination not to sit down and everybody's like, oh, after you get acquired, you should sit on your butt. And I was like, that's boring. Yeah. Sitting around, sitting around waiting for word is not fun. I mean, we no. all know that, especially hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait does not sit well. So everything kind of well. followed a pathway as we went through to getting to each, you know, each point of my journey until I went out on my own was yep. just never stopping. I mean, it helps. I have a family. Right. Uh, so you got to provide food on the table. I mean, the point I'm not saying is, you know, doing this, I, I worked two jobs while I was doing it. This was one of two jobs. I actually lived in Stockton, California and drove to the Bay Area. It's a two hour drive one way. Yep. Yep. And I went and I was working at the Longshore Union, uh, Local 54, ILWU, or, uh, in the great city of Stockton, the most inland port in the state of California and on the West Coast. And I was loading ships. I was welding. I was, you know, sitting here and I was loving every minute of it. It was fun. I was an ID casual. It was a cool job. Because why? Because it was literally like it was money in my pocket. So I would work. I would get a shift. I would work from about 7 p.m. until 2.30 a.m. Get off, go home, rack out, get up, go to work. R rinse and repeat five, six, seven days a week, depending on if we had ships in port, I was working. And you had a family at this time. You were married, kids, everything. Mm -hmm. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. So I, I Well, you have to provide for your family. I mean, you can't fail. I mean, and trust me, and why I'm saying this, and there's people, oh, luck. Trust me, what I'm not telling you is, is how freaking close I was to sleeping under an overpass. I've been on WIC. My family's been on food stamps. We've been on all this crap because we went through a very tough time in our country, and we got slapped, and nobody – the slapping didn't care who you were, what you ranked, and what you did. You got slapped, and you had to come up. So when we hit that low – and what I, I always kiddingly tell people, I, got, I hit the bottom, thought I was good, got slapped again and hit to the bottom again. And just for good measure, just so I didn't forget, I had to hit it one more time and it was the one that hurt. And that's where I drive to rising from the ashes and go to that job at the port. And it sucked and I didn't get a lot of sleep, but I didn't want my family to suffer. So that's why I worked those two jobs because I never wanted to reach that bottom point again because you don't want to go there because it sucks. There's so many, there's so many sales guys. There's so many business owners that they talk about, um, they talk about this period of, of, uh, I mean, you've heard it said in a bunch of different ways, depending upon how you believe the seasons, 
Uh, you've heard it. You've heard it described as uh, as dry spells, just priming the pump. I mean, there's so many different analogies that folks can talk about. Uh, can you? How did how did you not connect with the failure component with your worth? Uh, how how did you separate or delineate between your ability to actually produce, meaning your work netted out a positive result, or your work still netted out these struggles that you were going through? How did you how did you delineate between those? I believe in that motto that I was taught in boot camp, adapt and overcome. So I never really let it get to me because depression sucks. So I couldn't sit there. And to be honest, I always tell this to people because they're like, oh, you feel bad. You didn't, I didn't go serve overseas. I didn't get to go to combat, right? And trust me, it's a part of my body that sucks. You know, that's that infantry grunt in you that you got to run around with a BFA. And yeah, I'm a shellback. I've crossed the equator three times. Woohoo! You know, but I didn't get to go over there. So the whole time you guys are over there doing your ass whooping and I want to be part of it, but I'm working. I got the family. It was, that's what actually kept driving me. It's, I wish I could be there, but I can't bitch because I know somebody's got it a whole lot worse than me. They're not with their family. They're getting, I mean, it wasn't a pleasant time and I knew it because I could watch the news. I could see what was going on. Right. So a lot of me fed off of my background being a Marine and knowing what our boys were going through over there. You know, I was with two, three and three, three, and those guys saw a lot of crap. Right. And I, I just, you know, you read it in the news and it hits you closer to home than anybody else. I mean, and people would look at me at work, like, what's wrong with him? And I'm like, man, cause I'd see two, three, 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 two, five, you know, those dudes, the people who were coming back, I know those units and you know, that hit, especially the core. We're very small. We're not like, we're not a million strong, like our friends in the army. Right. We're us, right? So it hurts. So, but it drove me. It's that point. And I always tell my kids this. They're like, "How did you make it, Dad?" My son is eleven, and he asked me that. And I tell him, I always remember those guys. They got it worse than me. Yeah. You know, I feel sorry for myself. I get to go to bed tonight in America, and no one's dropping mortar rounds on my head. I don't have to worry about IEDs. The worst thing I got to worry about is like a windmill that we're lifting on a crane. I can get the way out of there. I mean, what am I bitching about? I'm getting paid twenty five dollars an hour. Those guys get pennies to get shot at. Yeah, that's – so I heard, I heard this said in the tech community. First of all, uh, that's an incredible work ethic. So, I mean, that's a tip of the cap to you as somebody who's been able to, um, uh, to keep the momentum, the inertia, and the focus and the, and the drive going. Uh, but done is better than perfect, right? And so done is better than perfect is a, is a phrase that I heard said a long time ago. And the old, you know, Marine, as soon as, soon as I got out of the military um, mindset – and even even just being a, a small a small business owner, um, done is better than perfect, man. Okay, cool. Then I can that if that if I'm meant to have to go run through that wall, then I'm going to. But yet there was probably more often than not that there was like a door just two steps to my left, and I just fo- stayed focused on the wall and ran through it as opposed to going through the door. So I got to ask you, and and I can give you an example of that. Um, rather than taking investors money to go build out a technology for a fitness, uh, for a wellness app or for a wellness business, we already had paying clients, but rather than go and, and show ROI to some investors and take some money to go grow and invest in tech, I did it. And my family like literally almost went hungry because of it. Right. And granted, we don't have that business anymore. The, all the lessons learned. That was one thing that I can say as a knucklehead, I, I kind of wish that maybe I would have given up some control, let put my ego to the side, taken some other folks' money, and gone and explored that option to potentially go have another profit center. Instead, I, I'm out of my, you know, uh, potentially putting my family in, in harm's way just because of my ego, you know. So I want to, I want to hear 
maybe one, just one thing, because I know we're going we're gonna to wrap here relatively soon, but, but what's one thing that you failed at that you could share a lesson with those folks that are coming up still? I like this question. I totally agree with you on that. The, the funny, the doors on the left and right of you, you're like, nah, and you don't really think it through. You're like, I see this, this is where my objective and I'm going to go, you know, take the hill. Yeah. And it always, it always will bite your butt. Uh, yeah. I, I can say when I decided to leave and launch my own business, I decided to launch as a consultant and I did that the hard way. I, I didn't really have a business plan. I didn't sit down, put it all together. I was like, I've had this stroke of luck. I've been acquired three times. Let's go. I'm going to do just fine because here I am. I've got this and a little bit of ego got in the way. Right. And, you know, I'm sitting here pitching this and I get one customer and, you know, here I am a consultant. I'm like, I got this going to do it. And it turned out that was the only customer I had for a year. So that kind of sucks, right? You're launching a bit, you're, you know, you're launching, you think you're just going to be a consultant and you follow one person down the way and it's your only customer because nobody else wants to work with you because you see they have a lot of money but their reputation when you go online like the first three pages of google are how horrible they are and you're just trying to play it off because you're like hey at least my family's getting fed not always the greatest approach because no one's going to touch you because you're your business with so a lot of it was greed yes is good in a part way that money is great to feed your family but it's not always good because you're going to go, you're going to see dollar signs and it's going to blur your vision. You're not going to, you're not going to look to the left and the right. And that was really once I focused on not being, you know, the blinders on and going straight ahead made a huge difference for the company because we were able to do that and go tell a story that actually made sense and have a and have clients that actually had a story that I could do. Cause I always tell people, if you're going to believe in a company, you got to put it in your mouth, right? That means you, you know what that means from the sales side of the house. You've got to understand the product. You've got to use it. You've got to be a fan of it. You can't just go out and just talk about it. And so for us, that's why I really decided this is the market we're going to go into and then launch. And this is our battle plan. But I had to do all the hard work that went with it. I had to stay up nights and do that and not be a wannapreneur, right? You know, I didn't want to have to have a full-time job and then have this side hustle. I don't believe in that. It's like all in or all out, there is no middle. And that was my calling. And I knew that we were going to have failures. I mean, I had a podcast that failed. It was called Social Hangout. We interviewed everybody. Guy Kawasaki, Jay Bear, freaking uh, Jonah Berger, who's written two bestsellers. Jonah is one of the best people on the planet. Uh, what's her name? Jane. What the hell is Jane say? Uh, the hot mom from uh, Wedding Crashers. I forget her name, but I've interviewed her twice. Uh, we hung out with the San Francisco Giants. You know, we were in, we were working at their ballpark, doing podcasts from their ballpark with the Giants, working with them, going to these cool places, and that failed. Why did that fail? Because you know, you pick business partners that you think are the right, and everybody's ego got in the way, right? Oh, look, we're going to all this cool stuff, and every time you get punched, and I look at them now, and they're all like little wannabe celebrities, and I kind of laugh because I'm like. And they're all successful, don't get me wrong, but it was like four egos on one podcast. And it was bad because we yeah. were all getting sponsorships and people were flying us places and you know, we were a hot commodity. We, we trended once on Twitter for like 16 hours. I mean, it was That's stupid. Cool. When, we, when we had Guy Kawasaki on, we literally asked him, what do you think about people who want to be influencers? And he gave one of the best answers I've ever given, ever. And I haven't recorded, I should release it because it's recorded from YouTube. The channel has been killed, but I kept that like one soundbite of guy and it's great because he really bashes on people wanting to be influencers. He's like, what type of person's it's rough? Can I cuss on your show or is it not yeah, appropriate? Yeah, do thing. Yeah, that's okay. fine. I didn't know. I just want to make sure. Yeah. That no, you're good. Man. You're good. No, so okay. guy, we ask him this question. Guy says, 
what type of person wants to be an influencer? You gotta be some kind of asshole to wake up in the morning and say, I wanna be an influencer. Who's sitting around like, well, I wanna be an influencer? He goes, how many nanoseconds do you think Steve Jobs spent wanting to be an influencer? No. He's like, that's what you have to remember. People who wanna be influencers, they're not gonna last long. Guy said that and that stuck with me to this very moment of my life because we see it out there with everything we do with everybody. Everybody wants to be an influencer or as I call it, a professional veteran or you know, a social selling expert, right? We have a million of people that will be that. Go look it up on LinkedIn and laugh. I think it's like a million and a half people have that title. It's a problem and it's like people go do that. So I always remember that from that moment. So you know, social hangout failed, but it turned into this. I'm not complaining. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what's on the other side of failure, right? The other side of uh, that temporary set of circumstances. Uh, I don't know about you. Um, I had a lot of challenges with uh, coming to terms with anxiety and depression and uh, mental health and uh, talking with, other, some, uh, with some other folks about it. Uh, I played college football, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I joined the Marine Corps. I successfully completed a, um, you know, a, a tour to Iraq. So all of these accolades, for some reason, made it seem as if um, I was, it was special. And the fact was, is, yeah, I mean, you're, you're special. You're an individual. You're unique, just like any, everybody else is. But what you've accomplished really means largely nothing, especially to those people that you're talking to in front of you. And it can't interfere with your ability to focus and make good quality decisions going forward. Good Lord, that perspective of communicating that seems so obvious to somebody else but it was such a punch in the gut for an egomaniac like myself. And it was just, it rocked my world to think, Oh, I guess I, I guess, I guess I really just do need to do the 15 minutes, uh, like that 15 minute of opportunity. I need to, you know, focus for that 15 minutes to get that done. And then I have, you know, 32 more opportunities throughout the day, or excuse me, 30, uh, eight more hours, eight more hours and 32 opportunities throughout the day to get that 15 minutes worth of something done. And it just was, it was, it was just, eye-opening to me just time going through it was just it, it blew it blew me away so uh, I, yeah, I always say I'm it's like, like feasting feasting on invincibility is what i say that i suffered from right is there was a point where i've been acquired three times we as an infantry marine who's made it yeah that's what I did. I'm, that's what I did. right like seriously uh just, you know here i am working for this company we get acquired we have the good life like the best insurance i've ever had in my life like I could go buy Oakley sunglasses and it's covered by insurance. I was like, seriously, this is stupid. I got weeks off for Christmas. I like, oh, the end of the year's here. Let's fly you to Vegas for five days, put you up in a swanky hotel, pay for all that stuff, go to dinner. I went to a dinner that the company paid for it. I've never been to a dinner where we drank $3,000 worth of booze. We had 58 Moscow meals, right? Uh, you know, wow. never in, in my life would I would do that. But the point here is, all this success and everything you do, you get sucked into, especially in the Silicon Valley. And that's what's humbled me today is because there was a point where I was so stupid. I was CrossFitting, of course, I think Marines and CrossFit go hand in hand. But I did, I did a Tough Mudder one weekend. The following weekend, I did a CrossFit competition. And the following weekend after that, I ran the San Jose Marathon, the Rock and Roll Marathon. Like, how dumb can you be? Only then do you feel invincible. Then, like, three weeks later, you're tearing stuff and, you know, you're like, oh, it just, everything changes. You put it in perspective. And I look back down. I was like, wow, look at that ego. I wasn't helping anybody. I wasn't doing anything. I was all about myself. And I think that's the person I look back to today that I make sure I don't ever go back to. It's not the, it's, it's 
each desired piece of failure. So that's why I thank every person who says a kind thing about myself and the company. I love LifeLit Media, but I love helping people and I love helping people who are just starting, getting to that next level of success so they don't have to go through the stupid stumbles that I made. You're gonna fail, that's facing it. But ego, sometimes you need to have your ego checked and it's good to have somebody kind of slap you back and be like, hey, reel that in a little bit because you don't want to get burned. You can go fly close to the sun, but I'm just looking out for you. I don't, you might not want to go there, and I'm just telling you why. Shit, I've been there. Been there, done that, walked up to the claymore that said face this way, and like, oh, look on it, right? I feel that that's kind of sometimes in life you have to do that. But it's our job. If we've been ahead of the way, we got to tell you, right? I mean, that's, what's the point of being the point man if you don't relay the word, right? Just that's true. That's true. And you got to be, you got to have the courage to communicate, even if it's confusing at first, you just got to go out there and get your, get your word out, get your, get the message out and share those failures. Uh, Not always your successes. People don't have to look too hard to go find the successes. They really got to look, they got to look to the failures. You know, one of the biggest things that I always, always told myself, and I always say this, so you can kind of think I'm crazy, but I said, you know, there's, there is a way to make this work. And that way is most likely going to be hard. But as a great philosopher, Talib said, you have to become anti-fragile or die. And I love that because I suck that up and that's like on my desk, be anti-fragile or you will die. It's always going to be hard. If it was meant to be easy, everybody would be lining up to do our job. Everybody, everybody. But to be successful, the successful ones are quiet about it. That's why we don't post our victories. I don't post when my clients go on TV anymore. I don't post when they go on national radio. Yeah. yeah, I post pictures when I'm with Sean Hannity because that's just cool. But mm-hmm. when it's when it's when my clients are on TV, I don't need to boast about it because they're on there. I used to do that, and this was six months ago. We used to do that. We yeah. started cutting that out in the last couple months because I was like, "Ooh, it's kind of ego." It's like, "Ooh, look at me, I'm better than you." I don't want to be that way. I want to help people yeah. because I don't want to be there. And I remember, hey, this is going to be hard, yeah. but I'm anti fragile. It's like I can't be sensitive to everything. Right? You gotta be like, "I'll survive." No, so and well, it's that's pretty intense, right? Be anti fragile or die. I, I I love it. It's it's truthful. It's honest. It's raw. It's it's real. Yeah. And uh, that must be why a philosopher said it. Either that or Eric Mitchell. You just you, you're quick. You can come up with stuff on it on the on the fly there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Uh, you think I came up with that on my own? Come on. No. Hey, listen. There's there's plenty of folks that are like uh, uh, that share some similar experiences to you and I. Right? They 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 may have served before there was a conflict where they could go uh, out there and and, and earn earn that uh that GWAT or the you know national defense or the combat action ribbon or whatever the case may be there may be somebody who's out there struggling with you know this large sense of purpose something they did and they can't they can't connect with the fact that they're struggling with something right now and so i want to take this opportunity to uh uh, i mean we we started this podcast by saying exactly who we were talking to take some time go to social media channels go to go to google and find out ways to connect with eric uh, connect with myself if you're struggling with stuff like that one because there's plenty of folks out there who are not going to let you feel feel bad for yourself they're going to relate to you where you're at but they're going to also help you understand that tomorrow is another day you will be able to make some changes if you decide to make those changes and tomorrow can be that day heck even right now could be that time to go out and get you some wins but you can't be beta about the process. You can't fall into that mindset of uh, a victim mentality. You can't think that you're owed something just because you accomplished something in the past. It's what are you going to do today? And what are you willing to give up for what you want to get done tomorrow? So 
Um, anyway, with that, listen, uh, this has been a great episode. Eric, how can people get in touch with you? How can people uh, connect with you on, is it uh, Facebook, the World Wide Web? How, how can people connect with you? Well, you can connect with me anywhere on social media. I made it pretty easy. It's at Eric Mitchell. Got it. At E-R-I-C-L Mitchell. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm, I use that full name everywhere. Uh, and you can also email me at Eric at LifeFlipMedia.com. Please feel free to reach out to me. Schedule some time. Uh, if you want help, I take a couple of sessions a week with folks, about 25 minutes, and I, I let you pitch your ideas to me. I give you my feedback on what I could do. And anybody who's listening, I'm going to offer that to everybody. If you need help, 25 minutes of my time, you'll get it. You'll be able to come on, and I'll give you some ideas about media, help you out with your company, marketing, or just answer your questions to tell you more about crazy crap that I've been able to do. Because if I had that when I was coming up, it would have made a big difference. It probably pushed me along maybe a couple of years ahead of the game. And I could be out of the game now, but, you know. Instead, I'm still here. So uh, that's, that's what I have. So, so if you ever need that. That's so. huge. 25 minutes to save you years. He just quantified it for you right there. Yeah. You want to know what that's worth? Yeah. That's pretty that's incredible. Worth. So, so that's uh, what I have. And if you're looking for Life Flip, we're on Facebook. We're proud of our tw over 20,000 followers. Yes. That's awesome. It takes a long time to get there. But look us up, uh, lifeflipmedia.com. Uh, visit our website. Visit our Facebook. Give it a like. And uh, – Else that you heard us here and then share the podcast because if you're not sharing the podcast you're wrong yeah i'm not going to help you if you don't share it that's kind that's of right weird. there is one of those buttons you got to like it but then you're also going to share there it is. you got to share it. you have to share have to that's awesome well today you heard it eric mitchell life flip media and you can listen to knucklehead podcast on itunes podbean your favorite podcast listening app check us out on youtube if you want to look at some videos and fall asleep we're good at doing that so anyway we love you knucklehead podcast get in touch with us anytime Take care. Pay attention next week. we got a new episode coming to you on Tuesdays. That's when we publish new episodes. From time to time, you may get one on Friday. You just got to pay attention. We'll talk to you soon, folks. See you.